Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Robert? I'm feeling like a damsel in distress. (laughs) No way. How come? How come you're feeling like a damsel in distress, Rob? Well, as you know, we're in the UK lockdown right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I'm turning 40 this year and I've realised <gasps> that there is no Prince Charming to come save me and I have to, like, work out my own problems. And now I am stuck in a house alone and all I have is talk art. So I'm feeling a bit like talk art is saving me. But Could you feel thing... like you want to grow your hair really long, like Rapunzel, and hang it out the window? I think I do that all the time, babe. Um, <laughs> you do that do you, know what I'm, do you know what I mean? I think I do that just to like get guys' attention. I'm just like, I'm here. Hi, look at my plats. Um, the thing is, babes, about a week and a half ago, I think the date was the 18th of March, I logged yeah. on to Instagram and this video came up and it was mm-hmm. our guest who we're going to be speaking to today singing a song. And that song has been something that's kept me going in the last week and a half and it's mm-hmm. also a song that you and i spoke about when we first started doing this podcast and we that's thought right. about who we could speak to exactly and w- the reason i'm talking about damsel in distress we will find out later but that stream of music which has been coming every day from our wonderful guest is a bit like the prince charming that we all need right mm-hmm. now so mm-hmm. um so we savior. would like Exactly. So we would like to welcome to Talker all the way from Hollywood, Los Angeles, Rufus, Rufus Wainwright. Hello. Your knight in shining armor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Knight in sequin armor. Your knight in antiseptic armor. Mm-hmm. Um, how you doing? I'm fine. I mean, I, I, I uh, my whole thing right now is to be really grateful in terms of of, of having. Uh, I, I am very fortunate to not be alone. I, I have my most wonderful husband here with me, and also we have our, our fantastic daughter Viva, who we we, we spend uh, time with as well, and 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 we get to you know I don't know she she's loving this because <laughs> she has yeah. you know full rule on over over her parents uh, for the entire day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so and and so you just got to stay up for for and and and, and sort of. And look at it a bit through her eyes, because uh, she's not in school and stuff, and um, mm. and she's liking that at the moment. So, so yeah, as, as my nine-year-old self is very happy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were talking about me and Rob were talking about a song that brought us 
together. But it, it's been a song that's been incredibly important to me. I first heard it when I was doing the History Boys years ago, and I remember just being completely blown away by it. And the song we're talking about is The Art Teacher, yeah. which I think for people who know Rufus Wainwright music will say that that's one of the diamond gems, the jewels of your oh. repertoire. I mean, it's Very one of the sweet. most incredible, powerful, special songs that just stays with you. It's, it's energy. And it's amazing for us to talk for talk art for you about that song and just would like to kind of pick your bones about how that, how that came to be. Yeah, well, um, let's see. I wrote that. That was on my album, Want To. Mm. Uh, and I had... You know, I, I kind of made want to want one and want to at the same time. I mean, that that's why they they're kind of in, it's in two parts that whole period because it was just a lot of material and a lot was going on in my life, uh, namely that um, you know, before I went into the studio for for a couple of years, I had been leading an incredibly decadent uh, life life in in all the major cities of the world and and but then once i went in to record the albums i was i had to be i was much better behaved after having gone to rehab and kind of you know confronted some of my demons um anyway mm -hmm. so it was a, it was a very dramatic period uh but i think you know our teacher i wrote it as a kind of um exercise really in terms of um Possibly seducing a straight guy <laughs> uh, right. who uh, happened to be an art teacher, uh, a high school art teacher, um, and who was very, very flirtatious with me and, and I think was also aware of the kind of, you know, infuriating power that that he wielded because uh, I you know because because we, we both knew that it wasn't really going to end up anywhere but but he uh, I don't know nonetheless he enjoyed it the uh, you know whatever the, the torturous nature yeah the chase and he, but he, he was a gay guy right Oh my god! He, he was, was gay. gay. He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, gay, and I was straight. And, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, what country uh, of the world was this as well? Uh, so this was in New York, and uh, okay, all right. You know, he was sort of. I I can't remember where I met him, but 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 he was incredibly handsome, and this sort of creature from Brooklyn, one of those Brooklyn creatures, and um, mm -hmm. and he was teaching. Uh, art uh, at a at a girl, all girls school, and he would tell me these, you know, very salacious. I, I, well, I wouldn't say salacious, actually, more more suggestive uh, stories uh, where you know these girls would throw themselves at him uh, in their, you know, mm. uniforms and, and he'd have to kind of bat them off. It was very kind of sting, <laughs> you know, it was like mm -hmm. a sting story or something when he was, because mm -hmm. he was a teacher, right? A high school teacher. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, so, so they were all obsessed with him. And, and uh, so then, and, and he would kind of go on and on about this and very much to tantalize me uh, with no, you know, end in sight. And um, anyway, so, so I then wrote the song, from as if I was one of the his, his pupils and uh, and created this kind of you know story, I presumably based you know on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, where you know this very at this wealthy girls' school where the where the where the young girl uh, is in love with her art teacher, but you know ends up having to marry a 
an investment banker and, you mm-hmm. know, lives miserably ever after. <laughs> <laughs> unlike, but unlike she you. has a Turner painting, though. She has and, a Turner and, painting. Yeah, yeah, and finally it gets a Turner painting. And uh, and so it's it was, it was a fantasy that I was able to um, live out. Um, but also I have to say an exercise, which I mentioned at the beginning, because it was – I don't often write songs that have nothing to do with my life. I mean, I'm more mm-hmm. – prone to be a kind of confessional songwriter and, uh, and and everything. Most of my work is just all about, you know, things that are happening. So so this was, you know, a, a more of an exercise in terms of, of creating a, a weird story that, that, that was, um, you know, that, had its, that has its own life. So, yeah. Did he hear it? Had he, has he heard the song? Yeah, he no, I, knows. I, I think I played it for him and, and I don't know what was his reaction to him. Um... Oh. Probably great, but I was also on crystal meth at the time, so everybody's right. reaction was great about everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so wow. as, as well as the reference to Turner in that song, you also sing about Singer Sergeant, like John Singer yes, Sergeant, yes. the painter. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, Singer Sergeant is my favorite painter um, ever. Uh, I, uh, yeah, if I could paint like anybody, it would be him. Um I mean, I, I love modern art too and, and, and so forth. But years ago when I, and this actually took place in London around uh, when I was in my uh, early 20s, they had a, a, a quite a famous retrospective of all his works at the, I think it was at Tate Britain. And I went to see it and it was, I don't know, it just totally changed my life. That that one ex- exhibit of of seeing all of his paintings in one. Was you aware space. of his work before this, though? Yeah, yeah, no, I loved his work uh, all through high school, and and uh, there was a book of his in the library at high school that I would kind of pile, you know, I would just gawk over, and his painting very much symbolized my interior kind of romantic uh, longings, mm. uh, unfulfilled sexual mm. desires and this within this very um i don't know formal uh mm. setting um and then you know because i went to boarding school in, in upstate new york and it was it was, it looked like a well it looked more like a constable painting or something but it was very 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 idyllic very beautiful place and there was these sort of you know i i wasn't i, I was brought up in a in a, in a kind of not a very wealthy family when I was in Montreal because, you know, my mother's Canadian and, and we're just mm-hmm. a little less flashy up there. <laughs> and my life mm-hmm. was kind of normal. Well, it wasn't normal at all, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't at all wealthy. But then when I went to boarding school, because I had, you know, started having sex with, with 35-year-olds at the age of 13, um, so I had to go to work a little bit. Wow. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, in I Montreal? Was, uh, in Montreal. Anyways, so uh, uh, or maybe they were twenty five. Uh, they they might as well have been thirty five. So I went away to boarding school to yeah. uh, just sort of get get my act together, and um, and then suddenly I was thrust into this very upper class situation with with other with most of the students who had you know Park Avenue apartments and and stuff, and and I would go hang out with them on the weekends, and and it and I felt like I was living in a, I, I imagined I was living in a John Singer Sargent painting, right. uh, so so it sort of became like my backdrop or something. So what I mean, these kids would all have art collections. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
and their, you know, alcoholic parents. Um, and, uh, but then I went, I went to, uh, finally when I saw the exhibit and, and I saw all the, the paintings in live in person in, in London, it was, it really, it did, it, they did not fail to disappoint. Wow. And it, it, it sounds like he's really stayed with you because I heard that recently you had um, a postcard of one of his paintings yeah. actually on your piano. So when you're playing, yeah. you even have his work like in front of you, yeah. which I found yeah. so interesting. Can you yeah. talk a bit yeah. about that particular painting? Yeah, well, I, I don't know what it's called. I, uh, I think it's called Man Wearing Laurels. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a painting that I think is in LA. I think it's at the... Uh, the Hammer Museum. Uh, they have a couple of incredible John Singer sergeants. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, I, I think what it is is that, you know, I tend to, you know, I studied art. Uh, oh, you did? For, yeah, I went to a, I went to an art school for about a year. I, I, I didn't I, I do particularly well. I mean, I, I had talent. Um, I, I, if I had applied myself, I think I could have done very well, but I was, I don't know. I just, I was just more interested in going out and stuff, but I, but so whatever I, I've been in that atmosphere before. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm actually doing a lot of artwork now for the, for the, for my new album that that'll be released. Yeah. So, so there'll be stuff, more stuff coming out anyways. But so I, so I, so I, you know, I'm aware of, of the discipline that it takes and, and, and in looking at all the paintings, um, by everybody, uh, and and I mean in the sense like, yeah, from now until then, <laughs> or, or for now, yeah, until then, from now until then, uh, I like mm-hmm. that. Um, there's something about his work and the way he paints that just immediately hits, you know, the back of my head, and mm-hmm. and 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 also the kind of em- emotional core of my being, where it's it's just completely. Um, I don't know. There's just it's it's like a it's, it's theatrical. Just, there's, there's, I find it. There's theatrical. I find and it very performative there. and very yeah, yes. yeah, and, and it's very fluent. Like he's he's uh, there, there's an effortless quality where he just yeah. obviously didn't have to think too much. He just he just sort of did it, and then and then like the. The, the the emotion is 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 just right at the at the at, at the head of the of the canvas, and so so there's an immediacy to it that I that I find fascinating and um, and also it's very sexual too, which I like. Yes, yeah, sh- <laughs> <This stuff, that laughs> so being too sexual. You so you were talking about um, drawing now for your upcoming record, and you've yes. done the, the the single "Damsel in Distress," which Rob said was based on him. Is uh, <laughs> you you made you made a series of drawings for that which has now been animated, right? Yeah, that's from one of the drawings. Um, I'm doing a drawing for each song for this album, uh, so there will be. So will every will I every guess, release have like an animation every, to go with it? No, no, no. There will be every you know single that we release will have different you know like one videos or other ways of of, of pre- presenting it but but for yeah. each song i'm doing a, an illustration and then i'll release those illustrations and I, my my eventual goal actually is that i do a drawing for every song i ever wrote <laughs> which will wow. take you know the rest of my life and then at some point i will start to write something according to each drawing and that'll be kind of Wonderful. my biography. So, so, or, you know, which, which, uh, I don't know, it's just a way to, you know, stay indoors <laughs> during the quarantine. <laughs> was you, but was you drawing a lot before all of this? Are you someone that draws as well and sketches? Yeah. And- yeah. No, I, I've always been, I've always drawn. 
I, I, when I, in the 90s, uh, back when you guys were, you know, children, uh, or maybe not even <laughs> born yet, I, I, at a young age, I got very into the whole zine culture, uh, mm-hmm. which was big back then, um, where, you know, where people would write comic books and, yeah. and, uh, and, and they were very homemade, very hands-on and you would kind of print them yourself and distribute them at, at, at cafes and, 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 you know, rock shows and stuff and punk rock shows, especially. And so mm-hmm. I got very, very into that scene, which was, yeah, which was fantastic. It was, it was, and you made zines yourself then? Point. I made zines. I made, I made, a, I made a zines. I had like an alter ego and, and, uh, this guy. Tell Bella us about it. Who Her- was the alter ego? Uh, Bella von Herzgold. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what did, what did they yeah. get up to? Well, he was, he was, uh, he lived with his mother and he was, uh, he, they were kind of deposed Austrian royalty living in Argentina and they had a, <laughs> an estate with, you know, five different palaces on it of, of, and each palace was a different, you know, there was a Chinese pagoda and a Renaissance ruin and a, you know, uh, Rococo pavilion and stuff. So he would kind of just walk around from pavilion to pavilion looking, you know, for something to do. He was quite bored. <laughs> <laughs> That, I mean, that is that is someone who likes John Singer Sargent. The theatricality yes. to your zines. Yeah. Everyone else is yeah. doing like people fighting or like racing yeah, cars, yeah, and yeah. yours is like yeah, a guy I'm walking around like, a baroque baroque landscape. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, he. That, well, I remember one one of the things in the comic strip was like he had to mow the lawn, even though they had a you know a, 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 an army of gardeners. But it was it was his character building exercise, so he had to like mow. You know, at five meters of the of the lawn, and that was like mm-hmm. the, that episode, him mowing the lawn, uh, like an initiation. For, you know, just yeah, just to make him more manly. You know, that <laughs> <laughs> oh. had nothing to do with my real life at all. Right <laughs> for the damsel in distress video, when I when I first watched it, I, I started thinking about Erte and kind of like black kind of ink drawings and things like that and then I was also thinking of Joni Mitchell and then I since found out that Joni actually inspired the writing of that song which kind of really threw me interesting yeah no I well the song I mean the the, the, Joni is not the damsel in distress but um but what happened is that I you know I was I was never allowed to um listen to Joni Mitchell growing up because my mother despised her <laughs> um, for two reasons. One being that she, my mother was a, a fellow Canadian songwriter, very successful, but who was part of a much more conservative folk background. You know, she, you know, she was, right. they were very purist and, and Joni for her was a, kind of an abomination. On the other hand, I think my mother was jealous <laughs> of her success <laughs> and her, and her right. money and stuff. So, so anyways, we, I didn't know a lot of Joni. And then finally, um, a few years ago, my husband, Jorn, became quite obsessed with her after doing a concert of her music for his festival. Anyways, and, and we befriended her. And I kind of, so I discovered her music late in the game. And, and the song itself is very much written in her style. It's written in a kind of Joni Mitchell style of music, which was actually pointed out to me by Martha Wainwright, my sister. She was the one mm. who kind of brought that up. So there's that. And then, and then, oh, th- yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned the Airte thing. Because yeah. actually, I met, I met Airte. No way. Yeah, yeah, because I 
was back in the, this is in the early 90s or late. I must have met him. Or I, I, he might have just, I think I met him. I think he died. Yeah, he died in the 90s, I think. I have to do some research because I'm pretty sure I met him. Because I was doing, there was a show. No, you're right, called, you're right. He died, he died in April 1990. So yeah, yeah, I met you, him. You yes, met him. I met him. Yeah. I met him in the late '80s, briefly, because because there was this Broadway show called Sophisticated Ladies, which was a big hit, and my friend's mother was the producer. Um, wow, uh, Louis Louise Westergaard, and so and he had done all the costumes. So I met him, or I, I saw right. him. I met him at a yeah. cocktail party very briefly. So and I think that was you know an influence. I mean, the other big influence was, which is before that for me is is Aubrey Beardsley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also, I was also as a kid I was very influenced by um, Misha the 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 poster the the Czech poster guy. Um, Who's that? And, I don't know uh, that work. What's that? Uh, Musha, M-U-C-H-A. I can't remember his first name, but he was a... You, when you see his posters, you've seen them. They're very, very famous. Kind of Art Nouveau style. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, like, well, Le Chat. Is it Le Chat yeah, yeah, on it? Yeah. Is it like Moulin rouge style ones? Is that him? Well, yeah, but it's a little more Eastern European. It's Czech. Okay. okay. Uh, so so he's more... Um, once you see them, they're... they're, they're uh, Recognizable. They're kind of late eighteen hundreds as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're more. Um, they're more. Yeah, Art Nouveau. They're just totally Art Nouveau. He was like. So the when most did you first? Art when Nouveau. would you have first seen these? When would you have first seen these? When you was in like uh, Upper East Side housing? We had a. We had a. We had a book at home in Montreal uh-huh. uh, of his of his work, and it it just really struck me. And I, you know, and and you know, what's interesting is that I think it also all of it very much corresponded with my love of opera you know which which is which started early with me at around 13 um uh-huh. that's when i started really loving opera and getting quite obsessed with it and there's some I, I always thought of it i thought i thought of art as more of like an advertisement you know for a, a production <laughs> or for some kind of i think you know if i was to become a professional artist i would i, I don't i mean maybe i'd Try to be a painter, but I think if, in, in more cases I'd become like a like a graphic designer, you know, illustrator, or yeah, illustrator, or, illustrator. Yeah. You know, and I love the Wyeth uh, family. Um, no, what's that? Who's uh, that? The Wyeth. They're, they're the, the Andrew Wyeth is a, a very famous American painter, and then his father was Wyeth. There's three of them. His father was he, he was he was a very famous illustrator who did all of like um, he did um, Treasure Island. The most famous uh, illustration of Treasure Island, and and then his what, son for the novel? Andrew Wyeth. Yeah, the novel. Yeah, he did all these oh, very right. famous illustrations for. It. But his son Andrew Wyeth became probably America's greatest painter, uh, and he is an amazing. He's he he is more the you know deep deep artist. He did that that you know the the famous painting of the woman in the field who's deaf and she's like looking at the house. He's probably America's greatest sort of. And he, and he died in the 80s. That work. Okay. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Wyeth. He's incredible. I think if you see it, you probably will recognize it. It's kind of, it's pretty iconic. I mean, Wyeth, yeah, it's very you know, iconic. I mean, and Andrew yeah. Wyeth, he did like uh, all, all the Helga paintings and stuff, which are incredible, which was his, his wife. I also just started thinking about that whole Art Nouveau era, like quickly going back something. Because your, your artwork for your later albums, like One, one and One, Two, there's yeah, a kind yeah. of like bizarrely yeah. like Art Nouveau design yes, somehow yes, yes, within yes. the way yeah. that you present the sleeves, which is also maybe related to like 60s kind of culture too. Yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, I drew those things, that little um, frame. That that's a drawing oh, of mine, right? So 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 that's kind of uh, that I was hands on involved with that. Um, I mean, I will say it's interesting. It's very interesting right now with what's going on with the pandemic because it has. I mean, I, I had the idea before this to to uh, to do these drawings, but uh, but you know, fortune has made it that that it's like the perfect <laughs> outlet at the moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah. to to really lose yourself in this kind of whimsical and 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 romantic and and, and very you know uh, play well it's somewhat playful but it's also there's a darkness to it as well decadent I should mm. say <laughs> mm. uh, kind of kind of style of, of of drawing things like I'm not out there to paint my inner feelings right now because <laughs> it would be mm. pretty rough but I but I'm definitely into escaping into a more kind of ornate um, universe. Have you ever shown your drawings anywhere? Have you ever shown them like in exhibitions, or would you ever consider? I that? will. I mean, I will when when this when I've done this set. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out the best way to uh, present this to present the drawings because I will say, and I'm not, you know, look, I, I I I've been quite active in the in the in the art world only not 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 making art but but my husband knows a lot about the art world and you know his the best man at our wedding was your my husband Jorn's best friend at the time Klaus Biesenbach you know and who's like a big art guy and then you know we're friends with Marina Abramovic and we know you know uh so 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 you know I've been to the Biennale several times um, and so we go to things and I, and I'm learning a lot. Jorn knows more, but I've, I've been, you know, I've made some headway in the art world, just the scene and stuff. And, you know, Jay Joplin and all that. And, and it's, and it's been fascinating and great. And I love it. I will say that, and I can say this confidently is that, you know, when I show people my drawings, there is a real reaction to them in the sense they're like, oh, this is really good, <laughs> you know. In, in in terms of what they are, I don't think that they're, you know, meaningful or you know, they're going to shatter the the scene or anything. But in terms of some of the crap I've seen, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like Rufus, they, I'm the, the, the I'm the gallerist, and and when I saw yeah. your illustration for the video, I was like, I loved it. I think yeah. it's I think yeah. it's brilliant, actually, and it does feel very you as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very me. I, I, it's a bit like my operas in the sense where, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel at all. Um, I'm, I, my influences are out in the open. Um, if anything, I'm just trying to match kind of spirit of it and, but in, mm. you know, in my own way. And it's, I, I don't know. I, I, when I show my drawings to people now, they're, they're, they, they're quite taken with them. Yeah. So I'd like to do with something with them at some point for Amazing. sure. So talking about your operas, I heard you describe your kind of relationship to opera as having this kind of supernatural quality. And I really yes, liked yes. this. And I also yeah. incidentally heard you talk about Singer Sargent's paintings and the way that he would paint as almost being like sorcery of light and having this yes. kind of like magical quality. Can you speak a bit yes. about that in relation to opera and art? Because I find yeah. that so endearing and so fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, opera was basically my religion, uh, uh, especially at an earlier age 
when I was, you know, coming to terms with my sexuality. I was 13. As I said before, I'd been having some some pretty dark experiences in that world and uh, and also the that world in general was was dark to begin with being that it was you know 1988 <laughs> and uh, yeah. AIDS was everywhere so so opera suddenly presented itself as this kind of i don't know this sort of bible of sorts <laughs> that i could uh follow and 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 you know because it was talking about it, it was singing people were singing about you know death and suicide and and uh the end of the world and 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 murder and and uh and rape certainly um you know because that had happened to me and so so i was um i don't know it just i i related to to that music uh, in, in that visceral way um and then you know and it's been and it's always stayed that way for me opera i, I at a certain point i realized that i don't know it's also just as a human being, art and and music and anything in general, you you kind of have to deal with it as a person. <laughs> At a certain point, like art mm. will kind of accompany you and and will rel- and will show things and 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 will give you inspiration. But but right. but but then it, it won't save you from any of this stuff. So 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 I had to kind of. I, I think it became less of a religion uh, at that point um, when I was a little older. But it, but it's always maintained. I think what it is, what's what's nice about it, and I think this is probably what, what works with my artwork as well, and I think with anything that's decent, whether it's, you know, super in- amazing or, or just, you know, charming, is that it's there's a sincerity to it. You know, there's a kind of, there's a kind of, I'm doing it because I need to do it and I want to do it and it's and and that is really the spirit in which I'm doing it with completely when it's happening <laughs> you know I mean I, I don't think that the, I mean I, yes I think there's artists who who make statements and who can revolutionize the world with their with their ideas but I think in the process when they're creating it it's just, they're they're just like someone who's enjoying what they're doing <laughs> mm-hmm. and it and and it's and it's and, and that's what it's become you know opera and art for me it's just that I, that I enjoy it. I mean, it's very simple now, but... Um. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
And you're currently yeah. on your on your second on your second opera because you, you wrote one called Prima Donna. And then is it true that you've have you completed the Hadrian yet? Yeah, it completed. Uh, it premiered uh, in October last year, and then you know it's looking to come. Well, well, we'll see what's what's happening. You know, with everything, but it should be coming to Europe soon. So, and and is there a sense that when you're writing these operas that that you're connected to the past, like to past spirits, yes. or like. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I love yeah. that whole yeah, well, supernatural with op- element with of it. Op- with opera, with opera what, what, does, what has occurred so far with the two operas, and this is very real for me, is that at a certain... I mean, I'm, I'm obviously looking to do something. I'm, I'm, I'm searching for inspiration and stuff. And at a certain point, when I find a story or a scenario that I like, and this has happened twice, you know, because I have two operas, I do actually get a message from these characters <laughs> in the back of, once again, in the back of my head uh, or deep down in my soul. And there's this kind of almost siren or cry or uh, wail that goes on where I can literally hear the person saying, you know, I, you bring me to life. <laughs> you know, you have to get me out of the, <laughs> dig up the ground and, Save wow. me, you know, because I need to be born, and and it's a strange, um, it's it's a, it's a kind of a, thing, yeah. It's a psychic thing, and it's 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 like a p- kind of kind of possession, and um, and I think it's quite common. I mean, for anybody who's writing a play or or that involves characters that have to come yes. come into uh, existence, and um, they are their own separate entities. That they start just, speaking you know, for themselves, don't they, weirdly? It's like yeah. you, you you just are kind of a conduit, yeah. and they cut, yeah. come out oh, of you. Totally, you... totally. And it's going to be, you know, it's interesting, because, I mean, this actually then goes into more your, you know, day job, Russell, which is, you know, the, the theatre yeah. and so forth. And, um, you know, recently... I, I'm a huge. I don't know if you do you know John Cassavetti's work. Yes, yes, yes. The the yeah yeah whatever. I'm just a big Cassavetti's fan. I don't know. There's something. I imagine it's a lot the same with with with, with acting, where you you know there's a character that suddenly you know you're portraying, and mm-hmm. they start to take control of you, and and it's you know it's a bit of a battle. You know, yeah, they lead you, of, don't they? I guess. But I think yeah. if, I think more so with writing when you are developing a character is that. It start. They start speaking for themselves, and they find their own rhythm. And suddenly, you're just yeah. you're just facilitating that that life yeah. form. That's yeah, yeah. That's and amazing. you have to get out of the way of their yes, path. exactly. Weirdly, you know, yeah. you have to get out, yeah, you have to get out of the way of their path, and you. Have do you to find be, that with your drawing as well? Then do you find that you are yeah. you are kind of your hand is doing its thing, and you're yeah. just letting it happen? Yeah, I mean, with the drawing, look, I mean, the drawing, and, and this is, I think, what's very different about drawing and, and painting and, you know, visual arts is that um, you really have to do it a lot <laughs> in the sense, mm-hmm. like, and I, and I think this is, you know, returning to John Singer Sarch. I mean, obviously he did his homework, you know. He knows <laughs> how, he knew how to paint. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and that I also just appreciate too, the non-mystical quality of his work where it's like, this guy practiced really hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. at what he did, you know, and just knew how to draw a hand. I mean, it's like when, you know, knew how to draw a shadow or, you know, and um, paint a shadow and uh, properly. So so you do that, you do that, you do that. And then 
then the the possession commences, <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. this, you know, and and it's interesting because when you know, for instance, in, in talking about what I'm doing right now, I mean, I yeah, I, I did have dreams at one point of being a great painter, and I think that if I had, you know, taken the time, and and not you know focused mostly on music, I I would have I could have been a very good painter, um, but it would have taken you know a, a long time to to get there. Mm. Um, and then, and it would have, and I'd have to be dedicated to it. And what's interesting about this drawing thing right now is that I did it, I always did it on the side. Uh, and you know, as I said, in the, when I was doing it in the zine world, uh, and then, and then later I did work for my record covers and, and then I did a couple of things here and there and I kind of just kept it going on this mm-hmm. basic level. And now I'm realizing I'm like, this is what I do. <laughs> this is my right. art. Like, like, like yeah. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to become a painter. That's fine. But I have this and, and, and maybe it'll go somewhere else eventually, but it's only after time that you've done it a, a lot. And then it kind of, yeah. And as you said, it, it, it starts to dictate its own, its own uh, path, Gosh. but yeah. it's, but it's through, you know, just putting in the effort and time and practice mm-hmm. and stuff. So for for the music video for Trouble in Paradise, which was the first single for your new album, um, which is called Unfollow the Rules. But for that video, I I started thinking about like Mapplethorpe and Warhol and kind of like loads of different like video art references. Were they things you were were considering in that video? Because I love that video. <laughs> oh, the Trouble in Paradise. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that yeah, we 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 based it a lot on the uh, you know the Warhol screen tests yes. uh, to start with, because um, well, for several reasons. One being we love it, uh, but also it's also very inexpensive. <laughs> we did not have a big budget, so we had to Good be one. you know it 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 needed to have a kind of homemade quality to it, regardless. So so we. Um, we did that, and um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm a huge Warhol fan. I, I adore Warhol, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 that whole world as well. So, did you ever meet him? I never met. No, he well, he died. I think he died in the eighty. I would have been a little young. I mean, he did, uh-huh. I was alive, but I think he what was he like eighty three or something? I think uh, so. in nineteen eighty three. I mean, I, I knew his work. Um, I knew a lot of people who knew him very, very well. I mean, who was, you know, one of my uh, kind of big sort of aunties, shall we say, was this woman, Penny Arcade, who was one of oh his... Oh, my God, uh, I love her. Uh, yeah, one of it. Yeah, she, was, she used to like... My dad, in, in, in realizing that I was gay and not knowing what the hell to do about it, kind of... <laughs> Gave me the Penny Arcade to take care of <laughs> in no the nine, you way. know, and so and she then and and it was her and there was lots of afternoons. There was a couple of afternoons, which is kind of amazing and and could be and could be like a play or some kind of shot. And I wish there was photographs, but there was a couple of afternoons of me, Penny Arcade, Quentin Crisp, and Jack Smith <laughs> all <gasps> hanging out in in her loft. Uh, when I and I was fourteen, you know, and they were kind of, you know, they were very, they were, they were gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but it was, I mean, I mean, and I don't know, I, I don't know if you know Jack Smith, but I, I, I've become very accept, obsessed with Jack Smith. He, yeah, he's totally. a great art, artistic um, hero of mine. Of course, um, his work. And, and Quentin was, it, Jack Smith was arguably, I would say, the most. 
kind of rebellious New York, um, kind of art, art, uh, art, art, art protector in a lot of ways. I mean, he, he did these, you know, he was on a lot of drugs, obviously, and he did uh, these performances that would last for days. And, but, he, but what he did, which was amazing, and which he believed very strongly in, which was not, I think, a drug delusion thing, was that museums were the worst things for art. <laughs> and he would actually go out and picket museums. <laughs> like, really? save the art. Like, he wanted to, you know, he believed that art belonged to everybody and that it shouldn't cost any money. You know, he was kind of a radical art guy. And he made a lot of films. And, and a lot of his work hasn't survived because it was all kind of disposable and, and it was really the way he lived his life. But there's some incredible films. He was did. also the ma major pioneer of, of performance art. I mean, without him, I don't think performance art would have become what it became. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, and he just believed in that everybody should do art and it should belong to everybody and it should never be, you know, even. I don't know. It's just he wanted no boundaries and stuff. Well, he would and have liked the UK because we've got a load of free museums. So he would have been, he wouldn't have picketed here because he could everyone could go straight yeah. in here. Yeah, no, he, but he wanted them out of, like, the rooms. I mean, he didn't yeah. want them framed. I mean, it was, like, it was very, I don't know. He wanted, I don't know. It, it's, he was also crazy, but, but it was, right. but if you look at his films there's, and, and his work, it's, 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 it's very liberating. Can you remember the first art gallery you ever went to? Uh, yeah, well, the, the big art show that, that, that mostly affected me at a young age was... I mean, look, we, we, we would go down to New York a lot uh, to see my dad, and we'd always go to MoMA or we'd go to the Met and stuff. And that, 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 was, that, was, that, 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 that did a lot. But one of the shows, for some reason, that really hit me at a very young age, I was about maybe six or seven, is that uh, we were in Montreal. Mm -hmm. It was very cold. It was the wintertime. And there was this famous show that was that was traveling the world and it was all of these paintings that had never been seen before from the hermitage in russia oh yeah from and and there was all these matisses and renoirs and it was all you know gauguin it was all um impressionist and it was traveling the world and it was going to quebec city which was about two hours from, it was about two and a half hours from Montreal. Anyways, and it was in the middle of winter in February and it was freezing, bitter, bitter cold. And the entire family got into a station wagon and we drove to Quebec City to see this show. Wow. And it was, there was something amazing about that experience where, I don't know, just, I mean, the paintings, of course, were, were incredible. But it was the idea that they had never been seen before in the Western world. And I don't know, just something behind the Iron Curtain. Uh, and somehow, maybe it was also just the weather outside. <laughs> you know, we felt like we were in <laughs> Russia or something. <laughs> you know, it was just, I don't know. It, it, it was for some reason. And I, I think, and then that the whole family felt like it was, you know, this was something that we had to go see that wasn't very often in Canada. I mean, my cousins never went to the United States. I did because my dad lived there, but this was, you know, culturally it was a big, it was a big deal. So I think that was also that that that's and then if anything, that's a good argument for museums, where you know, a society can kind of gather around and 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 celebrate some sort of culturally important 
Yeah, totally. Facts that's, occur- that's yeah. occurring, and 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 you know, and that affected me a lot. I I also loved the story of that of that trip because I heard that you didn't you take posters from the museum and then live with the yes. posters. Yeah, you know, I had the posters in my room, and yeah, it was just for, for everything kind of struck at the at the right time with that. Um, yeah, so that was that was that was sort of the, the biggest one when I was a small child. Wow. That's awesome. Do you, do you collect now? Do you collect art? Uh, yeah, we have a few things. You know, we, you know, Jorn, my husband, he's from Germany, and he and he lived in Berlin for for ten or twelve years. So he he's a big fan of um, he, he. There's a guy called Jonathan Maser. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jonathan uh, Maser. I love uh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. It does like the yeah, uh, the fantastic. pirate men with like the mustaches and the big kind of big. Pirate yeah, hats and yeah. everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have. Um, there's also this really great friend of mine. He, you know, his, his name is Timothy Cummings. Uh, he's a, he's a California. He, he lives in New Mexico, and he does more sort of rococo kind of stuff that I love. That, that he did. He did the he did the painting of me as the Elizabethan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when I when I did the sonnets, uh, we have a lot of his work. We also have. Um, what else do we have? I mean, we have a lot of photography. We have, you know, some Nan Goldens. And then we also have... Have you met Nan Golden? Uh, do you know her? We've never met her. No, Jorn might have met her. I've never met her. We have these pictures of these these girls dancing. We have, we have an Andy Warhol Polaroid, you know. Oh, great. Uh, I have some, what is it of? I have some old... It's of Grace Jones. <gasps> love. So, so we have one of that. We, have, we love that. We also have uh, Clementine Hunter. We have some of her stuff. I don't know if you know who she is. No, she's a famous no, never heard of her. American Clementine Hunter. She was a, a, a kind of a, a, a outside outsider artist who was this oh, wow. woman who um, was that she was actually born. I think her parents were slaves, and she I think she died in the fifties. But she painted uh, in the South, and she painted. She might have actually been born a slave. Uh, there's something like that, but mm. she had these beautiful paintings. Clementine Hunter, she's an amazing artist, black woman. Well, are they like landscapes uh, and, or are they figurative? Yeah, or? they're landscapes and, and they're, they're, they're like pictures of her farm that she grew up on and, you know, of, of, of just life in the South from her, from her perspective. They're very beautiful. Clementine Hunter, uh, wow. very beautiful and, and, and quite sought after now. And then, uh, where did you get them from? Where did you see them first? We, you... Well, we, we 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 found out about them through and 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 here him we have a lot of works of. Or you know, you, my husband Yorn used to work with uh, Robert Wilson, the oh, theater wow. director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love Robert Wilson. We have a lot of yeah, we have a lot of Robert Wilson uh, stuff. But he he was obsessed with he is obsessed with Clementine Hunter. So that's how how Amazing. how how Jorn, uh learned about her and then Yorn has a bunch of other things of with people's names i can't pronounce and right and german so names forth. yeah right right yeah <laughs> so cool well we ask so, every yeah. guest that comes on two very important questions but also a bonus we're doing because we're in the lockdown time but the first question we ask every guest is if you could do an art heist if you could have any work of art in the world to yourself you can <sighs> steal it and keep it what would that be and why Mm, oh God! If I, huh. you know, if I had to, uh, well, if, I, I would, I would have to say Madame X. You know, it's, it's probably uh, John Singer Sargent's most famous painting. 
and it's right. and it's in uh, it's at the mat. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having Madame X in the dining room for a while. Oh, I know that painting. That was a really controversial one because because didn't yeah, he get in one, trouble for it at the time? She's standing up. Yeah, so yeah, it was his most uh, kind of um, controversial painting, and it's that's this right. Woman standing up and kind of looking looking away, and she has very beautiful skin. But Madame X, yeah. I, I, I why would, was it controversial? I take. Because I think at the time wasn't was he just, wasn't he meant to like wasn't it too sexualized or something? And then and then he had to like sexy. edit it, it and change too it later. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. And she has the most amazing nose in art. Yes. If you check out her nose, she has a yeah, great nose. Yeah, because it's nose. like a side profile, isn't it? That you yeah, see. Yeah. 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 And I would say, oh. you know, you know, in terms of of, of other paintings, that if, if I was had had a second choice <laughs> yeah, from that okay. era, though, and these and these are these are paintings that have always fascinated me, but are all the Whistler paintings of of London, uh, with the, in wow. the fog, uh, with the green, these kind of crazy green portraits of London, uh, where it's just where they're basically contemporary paintings. But with you know a little mm. light here, and if you check out the the foggy Whistler paintings of London, the foggy day in London towns, you've got like Judy Garland. There you go, there you go, there you go. So I wouldn't mind one of those Whistlers, but Amazing. but there you go. The very other question nice. we ask every guest is is um, a very simple one, but it's quite telling sometimes. Uh, what is your favourite colour? My favourite colour is green, actually. I knew you were going to say green? that. <laughs> Why? Why is it green? I, I mean, it's just—I think mainly because I live in LA, <laughs> and when it's green, it means we're not going to burn up in flames. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think living in a fire-conscious area, you kind of really love green, inordinately. We've got the other question we ask everyone now during this quarantine series: Is that what is your hidden lockdown talent? I think we know because you're doing your drawings, but is there anything you've discovered right. that you didn't know you could do until you've slowed down now? Uh, oh my lord! Well, I've become quite the chocolate connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh my god! <laughs> I really know the varieties available <laughs> on the market. <laughs> and uh, so yeah what's your go-to what's your go-to chocolate chocolatier chocolatier chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> you know Belgian chocolate yeah mm. The good so I've actually now. been drinking. Um, I've been drinking chocolate milk, which is quite apt because we're talking to you. Oh boy! But um, but, but instead of it being uh, dairy, it's some um, chocolate oat milk by Oatly, which I love. Oh, and have you been oh, smoking cigarettes oh, with it? Or I know not? that. I know that. I know that. You, <laughs> you, can, have, yeah, you can. You can. You can vape and do that. Exactly. Vape and <laughs> new, vape yeah. and chocolate oat milk. That's your new single. Yeah. 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 <laughs> vape, vape and chocolate oat milk hasn't got <laughs> the same ring as cigarettes and chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else, Rufus? I've just been thinking, like, when you were talking about um, going to see that uh, North American tour of the Matisse and Gauguin show in Quebec City and yeah. how cold it was there and how you almost felt like you were yeah. in Russia. When I first discovered your music, I was actually spending a lot of time in Montreal. And I was there wow. for like, wow. for a good period of time. And I was, I, originally I was a, a singer-songwriter, so I was kind of always looking at music. And I was, I knew Imogen huh. Heap and I worked a bit with her. Oh. And, um, and she yes. toured with you. I love her. And I remember yes. being very distinctly that whole period of time when your first record came out and you did that Gap TV advert. And Montreal yeah, was yeah. freezing cold and you had that yes, like ice storm. Yes. What an insane oh, time wow. it was. You it, were there for It was that. like a lock-in oh time. You were, oh, yeah. No, that was, a, that was one of the... That was actually the first 
natural disaster that I ever uh, kind of experienced. So I wasn't was in it? Montreal. I was in New York. Uh, but my whole there was this amazing ice storm in Montreal that where the whole city was shut down for over two weeks. It was crazy. Uh, all the and, all the power lines had gone yeah. down, and it, it, people died and stuff. I mean, it was sub. Zero and and funnily enough, it's quite similar to how we're all being locked down now. And it, it yes. just yeah, yes. It kind of struck me that it's the kind of thing that hardly ever happens in life. And that when these strange yes. things do happen, huh. you know, you kind of turn to music or you turn to art or, yes, you know, yes, how we all yes, survive yes, through that. Yes, very true. So have you been enjoying doing the whole Quarantunes videos? Yeah, no, I, I have enjoyed that immensely. And, I, and I'm really getting a lot of feedback in, in terms of it being helpful to a lot of people and that's oh my god, just, it's amazing! Your know. robe recitals, song a day, yeah. That really, um, I feel, I feel great. I mean, I, I think we all have to do more in terms of, you know, whatever it's going to be, all hands on deck or all, all no hands on deck. <laughs> just, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no hands on deck. <laughs> yeah, but don't touch. Yeah, it's a, gloves yeah. on deck. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that when you were 14 or 15, you had a really close friend called Frederick and that you told yes. him a really amazing phrase, which I would love you to tell us now. Oh, boy. Can you remember? I did. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh, God, well, it's basically, basically all about how, how art is all that matters and that you tried oh. to convince him about this. I just loved that. I thought it was really touching that, you know, you as an adolescent, you felt so passionate about oh, yeah, no, art no, was going to save the just, world. I, I just told him that our art was... Art was the, the the well his his whole that we got into an argument about you know what was the most important thing in society and in the world and and he's and he was saying oh you know politics and money and I don't know war and I said <laughs> that basically art was the most important thing because that's all that we have <laughs> that's all that's left you know yeah. of of those great you know if you go look at Napoleon Napoleon's age or you know, the Egyptians, like all that's left is the art in the end. Um, so it's all that, it's, it's all, it's the only thing that really matters <laughs> is the art. Yeah, no, I agree. It's all that's left in the end. And I, I love the idea of being able to somehow, you, you get to get close to that era through the artifacts yes. and through the art. Like, like yes. that's almost like your kind of portal to that time. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, that it's is the closest thought. you will get, especially with music in the sense you know, if you, to hear a piece of music from that, you know, a Beethoven symphony or something. I mean, that is yeah. how, that is, that is it. I mean, that is, that is, that, that is what happened. <laughs> yeah, so totally. that's the closest you can get. Wow. I love, I'm actually writing that down. All that's left in the end <laughs> is art. Yeah, that's so beautiful. true though. All that's left in the end is wow. art. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on, Rufus. Thank you, Rufus. Okay. We love you. And, you guys and take anyone care. are you guys in are you guys in New York or London or what? London. Or where? Well, like, you're, he, you're all in London. Rob, Rob's in Margate, if you've heard of Margate, and I'm in London. Yeah, no, I ha yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm we're by there. The well, I was gonna be over there in in July. Who knows? But uh when I do set sail, I'll let you all know. And oh is God, your album is still coming out in, in April? It's been moved. Yeah, it's gonna oh, come okay. out in July now. Okay, yeah, it's coming so. out in July. Okay. But everybody should so follow Rufus, your Instagram yeah. at Rufus yeah. Wainwright to hear your robe yes. recitals where you do a song a day yes. in your dressing gown at the piano, which yes. is just yes. wonderful. And Rufus's oh, well, new album, Unfollow the Rules, will be out in July. And we'll be posting photographs yes. on Instagram um, at Talk Art of all the artworks we've discussed today. 
And um, we will be back very soon. Thank you, Rufus. Thank you, Rufus. Love we love you. you. Thank you. Take care. I love you too. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.